Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast. This is Dr. Christopher Huffpower, your host, coming to you again from my home studio here in Alvin, Texas. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, Dr. Dr. John Nakla. And I, I made sure before we came on air that I wasn't going to murder his name, but I do want you to tell us, John, you said you knew a little bit about where it came from. I think that'd be super cool to know. But first, let's tell him where you are, what you do, and why you're on the show today. Well, thanks for having me on, Chris. Uh, like you said, uh, Dr. John Nakla, I am based out of the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, born and raised out here, actually. And uh, I am a consultant to a lot of young dentists, uh, particularly in the in the startup space, uh, as they kind of start their private practice careers and are exiting associateship or considering exiting associateship. Uh, that is a kind of a, a an evolution from where I started. I, I started out spending a lot of years being a bunch of other people's associates and looking at a bunch of other practices, seeing what I liked about them and what I never wanted to do myself uh, as a kind of the do's and don'ts of being a practice manager. Went from there to corporate, spent a little time seeing what that DSO corporate level of organization looks like and some of the uh, analytics and metrics that they would integrate into their practice models that maybe the mom and pops weren't as commonly Absolutely. using or leveraging. Um, but then also saw that that kind of resulted in a, a soulless uh, entity uh, as, a, as, a, as a practice. And uh, the slippery slope between patient care and profits and how sometimes if you're not careful, uh, balancing those two together and aligning them with one another uh, isn't as easy as it seems. Absolutely. So uh, from there, I, I backed out of the whole corporate model and said, I need to do this myself. Found my first practice and uh, in the Bay Area here and uh, did that for about a year. Uh, found my second practice, picked that up as well. Uh, and from there, started going around uh, within those two markets talking to dentists that were approaching the tail end of their careers that wanted to find a way to maybe spend the next couple of years still doing dentistry because they weren't ready to just sit at home yet, but also were kind of over the whole uh, practice management side of things. And so we, we went through the process of acquiring and merging with a number of uh, doctors on the tail end of their careers and giving them kind of a graceful, smooth exit from clinical practice and from practice management to whatever they had um, lined up or envisioned for the, the next chapter in their lives. So, John, uh, John real quick, a point I want to yeah. make there is that it's always been a very big frustration to me that we as dentists, we view our practice and what we've built 
as our retirement. And, and that can go up and down. But, you know, the trend is generally upward. But the problem is, is that most of us don't realize that we have an expiration date. We don't begin planning for our retirement nearly soon enough. Because then whenever you're looking at getting acquired, you've got practice that's on the decline for the last two or three years, and you've got to scramble to make the numbers look like something someone's wanting to buy. So I really like this uh, this idea of yours of kind of easing them into retirement before, you know, the numbers really hit the dirt. Yeah, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that uh, on the last two acquisitions or mer- the M&As that we kind of went through, uh, we to an extent I was serving as as the acquirer of their practice, but also as their consultant, as they were trying to navigate what that acquisition looks like, what the ramifications were from a tax perspective, from a from a retirement planning and life planning perspective, and helping guide these doctors to make sure that those last few years they spent, they were um, in one case, even helping to uh, set the value of their practice on the way out and uh, and and maximize what their return would look like on the practice, but also to help them realize, hey, your last few years here of income earning uh, off your hands from your clinical practice uh, need to be very intelligently and effectively uh, invested because the check you're getting for the practice itself, while great, is not going to be enough to get you where you want to go. And it was it was uh, alarming to, to see the number of dentists that were that close to the end and were that out of touch with what the end looked like and what it required of them. I, I think that I think they don't take into account the capital gains tax whenever you sell something as large as a practice. And a lot of them don't have vehicles prepared. I mean, the, those of us who have really looked into practice sales and we kind of get it, you know, we'll do something like we'll start a trust and then we'll have the trust loan us the money and then we'll put the money into the trust and then we don't pay taxes on that until like 30 years from now. And then we take out a life insurance policy to pay the taxes in 30 years. You know, it's it it can be a complex thing if you want to. I don't want to say. Avoid taxes, but rather mitigate them, perhaps is a better word. Nothing wrong with tax avoidance. Look, tax avoidance means not paying what you don't need to pay. Right? I love it. I I'm love all it. for, if I need to pay it, I'm going to pay it. Okay. But if I don't need to, I'm not going to be duped into it because I just didn't do my due diligence. Absolutely. Uh, because I think the most efficient way to, to use capital is to keep it in our hands and put it to good work, whether that be in charitable efforts or in community service or in taking care of family whatever that may be. It's more efficient in my hands than it is in Uncle Sam's. I was going to say, I've always believed that I'm a far better manager of my money than Uncle Sam would ever be. But, you know, John, that might be something that you want to add on to your list of things that you consult with because I know that you've you've kind of figured out where you can get the best bang for your buck in these practice sales and things like that. Um, I think it would be a great thing to add, and I think you would really serve a lot of people. But there's another side to your business, which I'm really excited about, and that's that you're helping young dentists get into some of these practices and helping young dentists to start their own startups. So talk to us a little bit about that other side of your business. Yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, you go to dental school and you spend a lot of time getting tested on how to prep a crown or, uh, or place a filling, uh, but maybe not as, as much on how to hire, uh, how to coach, uh, how to lead a team, um, how to, uh, to, to balance your, your P&Ls, how to even read a P&L, profit and loss statement. 
Um, there, there are a lot of these aspects of, of dental practice that I was fortunate enough to uh, initially uh, associate with a couple of dentists who were really business savvy and were willing to impart some of that knowledge. I grew up in a family of private practice owners as well. Um, my mom's a dentist. Uh, my father uh, was a physician that uh, ran a group urgent care as well. And so that idea of small business ownership and entrepreneurialism uh, coupled with healthcare, uh, with the healthcare profession was very much innate from uh, a young age for me. And it drew me to the kind of uh, mentors and, and doctors that I thought could uh, that, that, that clearly seemed to have a good grasp on all the stuff aside from drilling, filling that uh, that you needed to know to be to be a, a meaningful. You, you uh, can't even use the third one because almost everyone knows how to drill and fill, but most of us screw up the billing fill. portion of it as well. You know? <laughs> yep. That's why I didn't say it. I like, most people are good at the drill and fill. It's the bill part. And, you know, that's possibly an oversimplification to call it just billing. But yes, the, the whole, the, just that whole other side of, of uh, the logistics and, and revenue aspect of, of running a practice that too many doctors are just kind of firing blind on and they're doing their best or so they think, but um, there's a lot of tried and true methods. There's a lot of clear ways to, to read your numbers, to, to see your practice, to look at team building that um, it, I find a lot of doctors seem to uh, just not have had the exposure to early enough in their careers. And then by the time they realize they need it, maybe they're knee deep in a couple of, of the mistakes they made early on. And course correction is so much harder than setting the course initially. You're going to avoid a lot of loss, a lot of stress, a lot of sleepless nights. And that's that's my goal. I, I went through a couple of them, but not too many because I had good mentorship. And if I can kind of pay that forward to the, to the next generation of doctor coming through, then I'll have left the mark that I would like to leave on the industry. I, I, I totally get it. Uh, you know, my thing is I was a serial entrepreneur before I became a dentist. I became a dentist because I almost died from a dental infection. And so, oh. you know, for me, it was a second career, but I'd already owned a few businesses. I knew how to run a business. And I think that's made really all the difference for me. Um, you know, we were kind of chatting beforehand and uh, you're, you're kind of getting to the position where I currently am, which is awesome. One of the things that came up is some of the things that you've done to streamline in your practice and to make things more efficient and more effective. And one of those things is the adoption of a new POS or a new EHR really, which is CareStack. Tell us a little bit about your experiences with CareStack and how it has made your practices more efficient or optimized you know, billing or, or what have you. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, as we as we grew to multi-location and we were consolidating uh, multiple practices, practice databases, you know, we, we you'd have the office on EagleSoft and the office on Open Dental and the office on whatever it was, various uh, uh, softwares uh, out there. And we were now tasked with bringing that all together, but wanting to do so in a way that allowed the locations to operate holistically as best as possible. Um, we wanted to find, uh, the goal was to consolidate on some of the administrative and logistics tasks. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in the Bay Area. Our, uh, our labor costs here, our costs period, are astronomical compared to national averages. 
And so for me, reducing the amount of square footage necessary, the number of bodies necessary or minds necessary to get tasks done in the office, uh, finding uh, repetitive uh, administrative tasks that could be, whether it be outsourced or automated, all of that was, was clearly a, a, an integral part to being viable as a business, being able to uh, deal with insurances and, and bill a rate that uh, patients could, could handle while still being profitable in the Bay Area and providing a living wage to our employees, the ones that we did keep on. So um, one of the steps we took was looking at, you know, we realized we wanted to take our, our patient databases into the cloud. We wanted to centralize them. We wanted people to be able to unlock work from home, uh, whether, you know, using voice over IP and our EHR and uh, allow people to work from home, work from another country, work from another state where the where labor costs are lower, um, outsourcing to different um, third-party vendors that uh, could take care of certain repetitive tasks for us, unlocking automation tools. Um, and we knew getting into the cloud was gonna be a big part of that. So we did an exhaustive search and we got to the 11th hour on another company that's not CareStack, uh, thinking that we were going to roll with them. And through that process of, um, of onboarding uh, with that first um, competitor out there that we, we strongly considered, um, we started to realize there were aspects of moving into the cloud that we didn't initially realize were important. Like, um, how are we gonna handle as we grow and hire? We were, we were in a growth phase as a practice. How are we gonna handle training new team members that came in uh, and, and making that a more efficient process where I didn't have to, um, cannibalize the efforts and time of an existing team member for weeks just to bring someone else that wasn't yet competent up to the level of competency to be a value add. That, that, that is, that is a huge point. Now, I think a, a lot of people don't actually put a number to that. It costs, depending upon how much the person makes per hour and how much the person training them makes per hour between 10 and $40,000 to train a new hire up to 100% training. And, and that's oh, yeah. a lot of money. And if you can if you can find a way to do that more effectively, like through a CRM or something like that, or, or an LRM, which is what I believe you're going to talk about is CareStacks University, um, then it actually, it really, really behooves you. By the way, shout out to Vuli, who's also a practitioner out in California. We talk about costs all the time. I say that now because I just realized that since I don't have my blinds down on my studio, my face is overlit on the right-hand side, and he's going to call me up after this, and he's going to complain. So, Vu, I already know, man. I, I, I shit the bed. <laughs> I'll get the blinds down next time. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Vu. He's a good dude uh, out here in California. I um, Yeah, so we, we, uh, we jumped on with... Uh, this first company we talked to, and and as we went through the training process, we quickly recognized that um, this was going to be a remarkably, it was going to still be a very manual process to get every new employee on our existing employee base up to a point of even remote competency. And then once I was introduced to CareStack University, as you alluded to, um, we we saw, wow, to have this automated track that we could create for all the different job descriptions on our team. We have these predefined tracks now. Oh, you're coming in as a PCC, a patient care coordinator. Uh, here's your track. 
and you just hand them this this curriculum that was very much self-directed with tests to show you know how well they were um, taking this data in and then once we saw that they had supposedly completed a certain amount of exams we could allow them to start working with some supervision on certain menial initial tasks in the practice and quickly assess whether or not they were taking the classes seriously absolutely remarkably efficient it saved us a ton from a cost perspective and a stress perspective well long, long story here um, whenever i checked out carestack i actually was in the process of developing an lrm to help other people teach their front desks how to do insurance and how to do basic front desk stuff and when i saw it i went well pff, they already got this and I was a little disappointed, but it was exciting to see because it's so very well done. Um, oh, goodness. It would have taken me four or five years to get to the point where they are right now. Um, it, it's really an impressive piece of the piece of the puzzle. Yeah, they I mean, they have really assembled a, a remarkable team uh, as when it comes to their dev team, customer service. Um, the responsiveness has been remarkable. That was another thing that we kind of juxtaposed against our initial experience. And then uh, subsequently, I should say, we got, we were 24 hours away from going live with somebody else. And then I was getting overwhelming feedback from my whole team, uh, my brother, who happens to be another dentist and uh, my partner, uh, saying, John, this doesn't feel right. We're not there. We're not even close to there yet. Uh, it's going to be a, a shit show tomorrow if we, <laughs> if we start using this tomorrow. And so we backed out last second. And uh, I'm so thankful we did because in the back of my mind, you know, I thought, you know, CareStack might be the one for us. And uh, if I'm being honest, I, I went elsewhere only because someone else offered it for a little cheaper. And I followed the dollar just for a second there. And I quickly realized you get what you pay for. Well, absolutely. And, we, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll put a, a real fine point on that too. With the different services that CareStack offers. Now, now there are some bolt-on services that CareStack will offer that's not part of their normal package. But with all the different things that CareStack does offer, you know, looking at apples to apples, it's actually a great deal if you're using those, yeah. you know, th those pieces of software. I mean, if you're using something like Yappy for paperless and you're using, you know, I don't know, um, call source or, or whatever for your reviews and whatnot, you're going to spend a whole lot more. So cheaper doesn't always end up being cheaper. No, for sure. I, and to, to be clear, I, when I was initially comparing the cloud solutions, I was looking at to my, my original setup of paying for, oh, and we were actually using Yappy. It's funny you mentioned, you know, Yappy plus a patient engagement software uh, platform that we were using, plus uh, the, the support for our on-prem um, EHR. Uh, no, this was still an excellent value. But as I was looking at cloud, there was one other cloud software. It was running for cheaper, but I quickly realized again, I, I was getting less. And I was going to pay that cost when it came to things like you mentioned, like cost of training. And uh, I mean, whatever you're paying per month for these services, you just said 10 to $40,000. Uh, a 10 to $40,000 expense per new employee, uh, that trumps whatever the heck we were going to spend on software by orders of magnitude. Well, you know, whenever whenever I sold um, my practice or, or partnered with MB2, I should say, um, Dr. V, Chris heads the place up, he said something to me once that just blew my mind. He said, well, you know, I talked to this guy one day and he bought a coffee for all of his team members every single day. He had six team members. He spent $2.99 on each one of those team members. So... Yeah, you know, three dollars times 
six people is $18 per day times, you know, seven days a week or four, four days a week times 52 weeks in a year. And he actually did the math and he showed me that that cup of coffee had cost that do- that doctor when they sold their practice in just EBITDA because they bought it through the company had cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars over time. So it's really a big value. deal, guys. What's that? Or just in the, in the actual cost of buying those coffees? No, no, with the, with the EBITDA multiple. You, I, I never thought that way before before partnering with them is the multiples that go with those earnings. And so it's a real big deal, guys. If you can cut the strings on all of those subscriptions, you know, if you're not suffering from subscription fatigue yet, think about EBITDA multiples and just how much money it's costing you every freaking month to have all those services and nothing against Yappy. It's a fantastic service. Gina Dorfman is good people, but CareStack does it well too, and it does it for nothing above the normal subscription cost of CareStack. Hey guys, now a quick word about our sponsor. I'm really excited to announce that we've partnered with United Medical Credit to offer an exclusive deal just to TBOD members. Now, United Medical Credit is a patient financing provider with unique waterfall lending process. It allows them to approve a much wider range of applicants. In fact, the widest range of applicants in the entire field. I've been using United Medical Credit in my practice for a couple of years now, and I'm seeing great results. They really speak for themselves. I see at least 30% increase in the number of patients who are actually approved whenever going through UMC. And the best part is patients are accepting treatment. More acceptance, more patients means more revenue. Right now, they're offering TVOD members a special discount of 0% merchant fees until the end of the year. That's right, until the end of 2021, you get 0% merchant fees charged. And they're gonna give you a 30% discount for life after that. Now, if you wanna claim this offer for your practice, go to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD, or as always, you can go to Dockoff Investments, click on the deal section, look up UMC, and register. Thanks a lot, guys, and UMC, Thanks for sponsoring. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you you mentioned the add-ons. Um, so we are using one of their uh, add-on modules or add-on services uh, from an RCM standpoint, a revenue cycle management uh, side of things. And that was one of the other reasons we uh, ended up choosing them um, in in exploring their insurance module and how you input insurance information. I hadn't. It previously run into a platform that allowed you to um, customize the exceptions for insurances and the nuance of, to such a granular level, which was amazing when you consider, wow, if all of this was plugged in correctly from hygiene chair to getting the patient to walk into the front desk, how quickly can I give a super accurate treatment plan? It was second to none. The issue was awesome. how much time is it going to take for me to plug all that stuff, or my team member, my, to plug all those details into that insurance um, uh, profile so that we could give patients that effective or that if super efficient and super accurate plan. And so when we realized that CareStack had a team dedicated at a very cost-efficient price point uh, to doing all the insurance breakdowns and eligibility it, for it us. It really makes it a no-brainer, especially when no-brainer. you look at the cost of your own employees doing it and you know, these guys do nothing else. A specialist is always more efficient. You know, one of the things that, 
you, you brought up there that I found very compelling. In fact, it was actually the thing that whenever I first took a look at CareStack, because whenever they approached me, they said, hey, look, just look at CareStack University, see what it really looks like when it's running, play with it. We have this hospital set up you can mess around with. When I ran a treatment plan and it came back immediately with the crown on number 18 is going to be refused by the insurance because of this clause. And it had a great big old red exclamation point. My, my, my whole career flashed before my eyes. And I thought about every single time that one of my front desk forgot to mention or forgot to check or the insurance didn't tell us. That was a game changer for me. And it's such a little thing that whenever you look at everything else that, that CareStack does, it gets lost in the, the maze of everything that, that, that it does. But that's so important. I mean, just think about, I'm a huge efficiency guy. Like I have like six burrs in my burr block, right? So, yes. You, you so you, you know where I'm coming from on that. I can sit on that uh, soapbox for an hour. No the number of doctors that, oh my God, they put out like 25 key burrs. Clicks, like, key clicks, you know, looking at, looking at Dentrix and you've got to do, from this view, you have to do six key clicks. From this view, it's 12 key clicks. From this view, it's 18 key clicks. And I'm like, that's so inefficient because then you have to train every single person in your practice differently instead of training them one way. That was another huge thing for me with CareStack is that you train them one specific method and it works in every screen, you know? And imagine, imagine when you uh, compound the key click uh, inefficiency with page loads. Well, now you're, if you're going into the cloud, those key clicks also mean it's going to take a second for that information to, to get populated and come over over the internet into your browser window. So absolutely me, reducing the number of page loads and key clicks uh, was a huge thing. And I love their, the view. So I'm, I'm also a big fan of uh, if I'm going to use an on-prem software, I, I loved open dental. And what I loved about open dental was that kind of one screen look where you're able to move around from. The I, I completely agree. Dental. I was the same way. I switched to open dental from Dentrix because of that. Bingo. I went from EagleSoft to, to Open Dental and then in one of our practices. But then as we were consolidating it all and I knew I wanted to take it into the cloud, uh, CareStack was the, the service that offered the most comparable UX. And to me, that was that was huge. And the efficiencies they were they were striving for and also the flexibility they were giving that. I mean, they have a really cool group on Facebook where if you mention inefficiencies, they're actually making They'll changes. They actually give a crap what we have well, to say. Did you ever request something fixed from Dentrix or, or, or EagleSoft? No, I wouldn't even try. You, to you, be honest, I wouldn't. I did. Know. I did. And, and they told me that they would put it into the queue, but that they only made six corrections a year or some shit like that. And that I only had two times I could request it. What? I mean, what kind of customer service? Software. How is that? Are you a sports fan at all? No, but I think someone is looking at your room. Well, me just a little bit. There, there are uh, sports where coaches are allowed to challenge a ref's uh, a, a ref's call if they think the ref made a mistake, and they put a limit on the number of challenges, which I get for time savings. But it amazes me that even if the coach gets all the challenges right, they still have a limit. And you think to yourself, "But the ref's that's right. That many we're, times. we're allowed to do it wrong a whole lot." <laughs> yeah, that's a big. So it, it, that's that's uh, crazy that they'd only let you make two requests so, a year. They have so, 10 so are you are you into are you into playing sports at all, or are you just into watching sports, or what? I play basketball. Uh, I wish I was better at it. 
but uh, I definitely find it's one of the few things I can I can do that you know you you work out because you have to in part because my wife makes me but um, which God bless her for it but uh, we married the same woman evidently yeah <laughs> exactly right uh, but um, basketball is one of the few things that like she doesn't have to make me do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for opportunities to go out. I'll get a few calories in my watch tells me good job, John. And I'm like, that was fun too. So, so, so yeah, next time you're I, I down in Texas, it, because you've got to come out here. Uh, we've already kind of talked that we have to hang out after this. Cause I yeah. just really enjoyed meeting you. Uh, I will bring you out. I own a dojo. Um, I have a Brazilian oh, jujitsu dojo. Uh, my wife's a blue belt. Um, I'm a lowly white belt. I, I, I did lots of martial arts as a kid, but, um, I, I think you would enjoy it. It's, uh, you know, my it's, brother-in-law does jujitsu. He competes. Actually, he was in Vegas competing like a month ago. Or a month my wife ago. was too. That's crazy. Oh, that's why I bet you they're at the same tournament. I I B J J F. You're probably right. Yeah, a bunch I mean, of but it's alphabet super stuff. You know. Yeah, I'm I'll, I'm gonna probably I'll text him afterwards and and ask him. I'll, I'll let you know. But yeah, uh, he's he's a big fan. He swears by it. He's got uh, my niece in it too. Uh, she loves it uh it sounds like fun and i mean i mean i uh i frequent a couple of podcasts that uh, are avid uh, jujitsu fans so it's not my uh you're not the first guy to to kind of well, joe, joe rogan for one definitely well, and yeah. um <laughs> that was the main one jocko jocko right so yeah there's uh there's one last thing i wanted to talk about and just kind of bring things around and, and that is um you are also on the board of directors of an aligner company talk to me a little bit about that yeah, um, I recently started working with and uh, and invested in, and this was w- one of the, um, you know, when it goes back to our consulting, it's actually Palm Dental's uh, got a consulting and investing uh, investment firm branch to it. And uh, we ended up uh, investing in and getting involved with a clear liner company called Simple Aligners. Uh, they're a startup, uh, young company, nimble, and, and the mission there is to try to um, make clear aligner therapy and orthodontic therapy more accessible to the public, but without, you know, you've, you've seen the Smile Direct clubs that said, hey, we're gonna bring down cost at what expense? At what expense, right? Uh, you got what you paid for with them. I mean, you cut the doctor out of the equation. How many times are people getting aligners put on teeth that were, you know, poor perio, uh, you know, r- decay, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And, you can't, the patient doesn't know any better and the, the doctor's unenga- you know, disengaged from the process. And it, and it, it just so, it just fuels that race to the bottom, you know, where there's no doctor oversight and, you know, and it, what you end up with is, you know, mail-in over-the-counter medicine, which is not great for anybody. Yeah, DIY medicine. And look, there's, is there a place for certain elements of healthcare to be potentially DIY? when it comes to super low level entry level stuff and this technology unlocking some of that sure some of it this ain't it this is not it and and you're you're seeing and you know smile direct club went through the process of trying to attack a large a very large segment of uh of the case available the available cases uh in in the market and realizing oh crap maybe we shouldn't be doing these a lot of these cases because we're getting ourselves into trouble and they've had to narrow what they can even touch and so there's a huge portion of the available and needed orthodontic treatment uh, throughout the country that 
for some people, the price point is just inaccessible currently. And a lot of that's a byproduct of the fact that the Clearliner manufacturers, especially the biggest one in the game, whom I will leave nameless, the Voldemort Clearliners, they're, uh, they are uh, um, charging an exorbitant rate to the doctors that then is passed along to the patient. And so it, the mission- And I'll tell you, with, with 3D printing, uh, you know, it used to not be true that you could 3D print aligners and they would work well. Um, you can now. And it, it used okay. to be true that there were only certain plastics that even with a suck down application, positive pressure, you still, it was expensive. That's not true anymore. And I have to say in full disclosure, um, I actually purchased a small part of this company a long, long time ago. And it was kind of growing at a slow rate. But, um, yeah. you know, I got, I got an update this morning from you. Talk to me a little bit about how things are working now and, um, and, and the benefits of joining and how people can actually join up with this. Yeah, they've, uh, they've brought on um, a couple of, uh, uh, well, a couple of really smart uh, young uh, people within the dental space in the last about year and a half or so. Uh, to try to invigorate these efforts. Uh, and um, we've grown exponentially in the last year, uh, already brought on a, a number of investors to help kind of fuel what we're, uh, what we're trying to do. And, and um, we've expanded in the, in the market. I think we've probably doubled in size uh, when it comes to our, our, our clients, the number of uh, practices we're working with, our affiliate practices in the last three months. So it's, we've, we've had some uh, pretty strong growth. Um, it's called the uh, simple liners. You can look at them, look them up, simpleliners.com. And uh, we're looking for, look, the, the approach is, is two pronged. Um, on one end, we wanna be able to communicate to patients out there, hey, there's an alternative that maybe isn't at that premium price point that you're accustomed to hearing from your dentist when they suggest to you the biggest clear aligner manufacturer in the country. Um, that has done an excellent job of being first to market and has done an excellent job of marketing the hell out of themselves so that their name is synonymous with clear aligners in the same way that we say Kleenex rather than tissue paper. Um, so you didn't need to pay, you know, we're, we're trying to let patients know you don't have to take that premium. There are other excellent effective options out there that maybe don't spend as much on marketing and aren't, you know, running commercials during the Super Bowl, but uh, are in our case, a superior product. We're using uh, a plastic that's infinitely more comfortable. Um, Zendura Flex is what the material is called. I like I like the scalloping. Uh, you know, I actually got a, a pair of retainers made for myself, which one of the great services that they provided is that retainer yeah. service. Um, I like the scalloping. It was very, very comfortable. It was, you don't, I mean, I've tried the aligners. Look, I, I didn't want to jump into this. We were, we were providing that big company for a long time. Um, I was trained by that big company on everything I know in clear aligners. Uh, they were affiliated with my dental school because our dental school was a research facility for them many years ago uh, when they were first starting out out here in the Bay Area. So um, and, and, that, on... and that real quick answers the question earlier on Facebook this week, should Delta Dental be having branches of dental schools named after them? And the answer is no. Hell no. That's a question. That's not, that's not even a question. We are, <laughs> uh, as, a, as a profession, we have become increasingly beholden to the oligarchy of dentistry. And it's just a few entities right up at the top that are um, really pulling the strings. 
and uh, it, it, it even makes it hard for organized dentistry. While I, I believe that a lot of organized dentistry on a government level, the folks that I know that are involved in a lot of these associations, these state associations or local societies, their intentions are pure. A lot of them want to do good. They want to help keep dentistry um, honest, keep the integrity up, keep the quality of work up, uh, transparency to our patient base, the ability for us to operate as colleagues, not as competitors. They, they want these things for us, but it only takes a few with a lot of power and a lot of influence and a lot of money to make that very difficult. And the longer we take as a, as a group to open our eyes to what's taking place around us and not protect our profession and the integrity of, of our industry, um, the harder it's gonna get for us to prevent them from wiping us out and, and taking over. And they're kind of already, they're getting pretty darn close. But I, thank I the Lord for guys agree. like you, man, who are out there and trying to fight the good fight and, and keeping uh, Dennis in communication. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing is if we don't talk to each other, man, it's easy to think that the dentist down the road is my enemy because we're fighting for the same. Now, your, your enemy's Best Buy and Carnival Cruise Lines, that's who you're competing against. It's not the dentist down the street. Not at all. Not at all. That, those guys are my, and I, I've made a conscious effort, at least within my, the two towns that our practices are in. I want to connect with as many of them as possible and make sure that we are, uh, we realize we are better having each other's back and, and, and protecting the profession together than we are trying to race to the bottom, undercut one another. Absolutely. Because neither of us benefit from that. So whenever we came on the air, um, you said, hey, look, kind of what are the rules of your podcast? Um, you know, I, I've talked to you a little bit and you, you curse and I, I just don't want to offend anyone. But you haven't cursed. And you said, hey, I, 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 I might curse, but you haven't cursed. So I think you should say something like, CareStack is fucking awesome. Or like, oh, I like it. I like it. And, oh, and, and what do you... I'll, if I'm going to use a curse word on here, I will save it for something that matters. Uh, <laughs> Cares that is fucking awesome. And I've had an ex a excellent experience with them. Um, I will also say, I think simple is fucking awesome. If I'm, <laughs> I'm going to whip out the, the there you go. And uh, you heard it right and, here. Dr. John Nakla dropped the F bomb twice in a row. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I strongly encourage if you're listening today, um, I think we, we want to stay competitive in this space. We got to find ways to trim fat as a, as practice owners and as entrepreneurs. And that is not just purely to maximize our own profits, but it's also to be the most responsible uh, healthcare uh, uh, facilities and entities we can in our communities. And so, you know, when I look at something like CareStack, I saw an opportunity to reduce waste and, and, and find efficiency in how I brought care to the community. And by doing so, of course, does that help my bottom line? Yes, I'm not, this is not volunteer work. We're all here trying to, to do good, but also to do well, right? And, and this has helped me do well. Uh, One of do my well favorite well. sayings, you know, Bruce Beard, do yeah, good by doing well, or do, exactly. do well by doing good rather, I'm sorry. Uh, so Bingo. guys, if you're looking for another way to cut the waste in your practice, stop paying hourly employees to sit and rummage through all of the specials of every single dental Patterson or Henry Shine or whoever you're buying your stuff from. 
take a look at Crazy Dental. Go to DocOffInvestments.com. Take a look at Doc's deals, and you will find that you will get the best deals every time. You just send them what you want, and they'll price shop for you. And you're welcome. Yes, we've had that experience. Actually, it's funny you mentioned Crazy Dental. We've had a great They're experience. awesome, aren't they? Oh, dude, it's... Uh, no, it's give, like give me another F-bomb. Give me, an, give me another F-bomb, John. I think I already dropped one. Crazy Dental, also fucking awesome. I love there it. There you go. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. John's going to tell you a little bit about how you can get in touch with him for consulting and how you can find out a little bit more about CareStack and integrating them into your practice. I already told you where you can find out about Crazy Dental, but John, I also want you to talk to us. Drop the website. Where can they reach you if they need help? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me. At, it doesn't get much easier than this. Palm, P-A-L-M dot dental is the URL for the consulting firm, um, which interestingly enough, my last name, Nakla, means palm tree in Arabic. So that's where that came from. Palm.dental for, uh, for the consulting firm, simplealigners.com and carestack.com. If I'm going to send you home with three URLs, all three, fucking awesome. I love it. Hey, John, real quick. Um, are you Muslim? No, I'm actually of the uh, small minority in Egypt that is Christian. Oh, man. I was, I'm going to have to waste this, though. So Go for it. It, it's it's a point of pride for me. I like to learn how to say thank you, and I like to learn how to give people blessings in, in every language. We use so, a lot of the same terminology, so it won't be lost on me. So Arabic would be shukran for shukran. thank you. And um, yes. assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi barakatuh. Wow. The pronunciation. It's not the fact that you knew the words. That's cool. But you even pronounced them right. Impressive. Dude, I'm, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. Golf home. club. From, from, <laughs> I from love the it. Eastern Mediterranean Golf club, my man. So, guys, you have been here with Doc Hoffpower and Dr. John Nakla. He is going to have to come out and join me. And, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to make him a bad Muslim. So, I, since he's Christian, I can offer him scotch, which, which works. So, next time you come out, I'll, I'll give you a little scotch. We'll, we'll have some fun. I'm a, I'm a big scotch. We, we need to get together and we need to share a glass. That, that we do. That we do. I, I tell you what, Balvenie is just about my favorite. Uh, Ortbeg couple of others i'm looking forward to it man i'll see you soon well guys thank you again for joining us for the deer doc podcast i hope that you learned something today and you found some tools that you can put into your toolbox that will make your life just a little bit easier again john thank you for joining us and Thanks for having me. folks check out care stack check out crazy dental and check out palm.dental consulting thanks get up bye-bye do you feel like you are wasting your time and money marketing your dental practice? The fact is most marketing companies are not focused on your best interests. They focus on their profit. At Art of Dental Marketing, our engagements are month to month, allowing you a low risk and foundational level to build trust as we build real solutions. Right now, TBOD members can enjoy exclusive discounted pricing on our ultra fast websites and local SEO services. Visit us online at artofdentalmarketing.com or call us at 913-214-8502. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.